podcast with your producer, Seattle Who. Thank you for joining us on this Who's Place Who cast. Season 3, Episode 12, Promises to be Special. For you, because I'm your host, Al Prohaska. I'm joined by our producer, Seattle Who. And together, we are honored to welcome back to the show, an emphasis on welcoming back to the show, UVA women's soccer head coach, Steve Swanson. Steve, we are honored to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. You guys keep me close so, to, to the season, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so that's the obvious, you know, part of this is that uh, we're only midway through the season, right? I mean, we're sitting here uh, two days, three days before New Year's, and we played half of the season to get us through the ACC championship. And there's going to be a spring season in the NCAA tournament. Am I right that nothing's changed with that, Steve? Yes, yes. So we, we have, we've, we're basically looking to finish uh, the games uh, that were allowed uh, during the spring. And then hopefully we will get a bid to a, uh, smaller NCA tournament, um, but nevertheless, it's a championship that they obviously postponed uh, in the fall due to COVID, and they are going to tack it on to the end of the spring. So, when does that start? So that, the spring season. Um, the select, yeah, the the selection for the NCA tournament is April 18th. So your last game, our last game, has to be uh, by April 17th. Um, and then the selection show is April 18th. There will only be 48 teams in the tournament this year, which mm-hmm. is down from our normal normal 64. And then uh, they'll start the tournament uh, a week after that. So uh, that'll be the opening weekend around April 23rd, 24th. Um, we, uh, we played 12 games this fall, uh, 10 of which were – uh, count against our schedule. Normally, in a in a in a regular year, we would play 20 games, um, and up to three of those can be scrimmages. At Virginia, we've always played two scrimmages and 18 regular season games, um, and then hopefully we have the ACC tournament and then the NCAA tournament. Those games don't count on our schedule. Um, so, if you look at the the fall for us, we played 10 regular season games two ACC tournament games uh, for a total of 12. The, in a, regularly, we, we'd have 10 games left to play in the spring, but the ACC um, basically told every sport to uh, had to take a 20% uh, cut. And so we have six games to play um, that we have to work in uh, sometime in the spring before the, what would be the NCAA tournament. So are you going to play other ACC teams or, again, sort of scrimmages, or are you trying to go outside of conference or build the resume, you know, that sort of thing? Or Yeah. Well, I think uh, we only played um, we only played ACC competition this fall. Um, we, we had some games, like our two games against Virginia Tech this year, did not count in the conference standings. They counted on our schedule, but they were basically conference games that weren't part of um, the standings for the ACC. And all ACC teams could do that. 
depending on their ge geography and how close they were and those kinds of things. Um, when we discussed as a coaching group how we'd, we want to tackle the spring season, um, it was pretty clear that uh, the coaches in general wanted the flexibility to, to schedule anybody. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I think you'll, you'll see a mix between, um, some ACC schools playing, uh, ACC uh, competition and some playing non ACC, uh, conference games. Uh, I think it depends on, uh, basically, I think they're looking at trying to build their resume as best they can prior to the, uh, NCAA tournament selections. And so those are those are some of the considerations that, uh, as coaches, we had to we had to discuss and come to agreement on. So when will you? When does the season? When are you, will you be ready to announce the season matchups, or well, is that going to happen? You yeah. know, last weekend of March. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think for us, you can. The NCAA basically has said you can start. Uh, the earliest you can start is February 3rd. That's the earliest. Okay. Um, so we only have, obviously, because we played in the fall, we were one of the 60-some um, teams that, Division One teams that played in the fall. We, uh, there's not a, uh, you know, we don't have to be in a pressure situation to get in a certain amount of games. Um, so... Our school now, the University of Virginia has said, look, we're not going to have spring break uh, because we just don't want to have our, our, our students going back and forth. And uh, once they're here, we want them to stay here until the end of the semester. So we're going to start our uh, spring semester a few weeks later than we normally do, not go on spring break and finish about the same time. So if you look at that, uh, we'll bring our players back. The schedule for us is uh, they'll come back the end of January um, and they'll quarantine. All our players will quarantine for a week. Um, we'll start our training on February 1st, which is the same day as school starts in the spring. And then we will have our first game roughly four to five weeks later. And we'll build a six game schedule, one game a week, roughly until april 17th so that's the plan we want to try we want to try to build in a little bit of uh, a little buffer in there just in case I, I think one of the things that we learned um in the fall season with uh the virus and the pandemic and things like that is um you know just to really if, if you can build in a week or so where um you know, you can, if something happens, you have a little bit of leeway there to rest, recover, um, quarantine, do those things, um, build in some, some, maybe a game if, if it got postponed, uh, because the weather obviously is going to be a factor in the spring, that that's the best thing we can do. So we're going to try to leave a week or two open, uh, just to give us a little bit of flexibility, just in, in case something happens with our team. And that was the case in the fall as well. So that leads to the, the obvious question. I mean, I, I don't know if it's been discussed on the women's side, but on the men's side, you know, the fact that you guys play 20 games in a very compressed period of time, 
means that, you know, it's all games. You don't have true recovery. Well, you know, recovery, but the recovery process is abbreviated. You don't get as much time to practice. So it's game, you know, you have a game on, on Thursday and a game on Sunday or, or whatever the, the, the pattern is. So I know that on the men's side, there have been lots of coaches and lots of pundits wanting to try to increase the season to be an entire school year rather than, you know, going from, you know, early August into, you know, first week of December. Do you think this, do you like this schedule or, I mean, is there, are there really benefits to the fact that, you know, you guys played and then everybody got a nice long break and you're going to have three months to get six games in before you have the pressure cooker of the NCAAs. Is, is there a benefit to this? And, and can we keep this momentum going maybe and something good come out of this pandemic? Well, I think, I think that's one of the um, interesting byproducts of the pandemic is it will give us a chance to see what a, a two semester model for soccer looks like a little bit. Um, you know, I think there were some aspects of, uh, having a season in the fall and having a off off season in the, in the spring that I really liked. I really liked the development time that you have with your players in the spring where you could really teach. Um, and sure. you could really, um, you know, you could really, to me, it was a great teaching time for us because when you think about it, you know, you, you think about um, basketball, for instance, basketball has almost two months of, of training, uh, you know, from the fall to their first game where they, where they can focus on developing their team. We, we get 16 days, basically two weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just if for, for younger players, it's, it's, and you're moving right into games. Um, so it's, 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 you know, you're, you're recovering, you're preparing for games and you're recovering for games quite a bit in the, in the fall. And so the time to teach, the time to train, the time to grow is, is less. Um, and I liked the time in the spring where we, we still were playing games, um, but it was, we weren't traveling um, and you could really devote a lot of time to developing your players. Now, the, the other side of that is um, I also like uh, the two semester model. One of the things that's attractive to a lot of coaches is obviously you're only playing one game a week or that's what you're trying to work towards. And I think that preparation and that training and that um the periodization that would go into that uh, is, is, is I think very worthwhile and something to look at. So I think the, um, the ability for us to have this year where we can, we can look at it, see how it, how, see how it goes, look at the pros and cons, I think is, is, as you say, uh, maybe it's a, a benevolent uh, offshoot of the pandemic that, uh, that will give us some, some more insights into, into what this looks like. Well, we're we're all desperately searching for some level of silver lining, you know. So yeah. Maybe this could yeah. be the maybe this could be the silver silver lining. You know, it's interesting. Maybe the having the game spread out will actually make it so you can better develop your players because each game is kind of a a laboratory experiment, you know, and you get the lessons, and then you you, you would have a couple of days maybe that you can actually do development work between games. And work that in with your cool down and your preparation time. Yeah, there is that argument. Um, what I would say, though, is 
um, for, for many, for many coaches, um, I, I use, you know, like I said, it, it just depends on how you use the spring. I use the spring. We use the spring, uh, to really look at our players in game environments. Um, that's the way you can develop them and trust to play these pro teams in the spring, mm. uh, is, is a really good, and we're using all our players in those games. You know, the, 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 the disadvantage I think of this is there's going to be a lot of pressure to play only a certain amount of your players because every game counts, you know, right. through the fall and the spring. Right. And so, you know, what happens if you're, if you're the 15th or 16th player and you, you maybe w- would get some action in the fall, but you'd get, you'd, you'd relatively be speaking our program, at least you would, you would be, you would get a lot of minutes in the, in the uh, spring and game minutes. Hmm. For a lot of coaches, you may you may not give those minutes if those games, um, you know, were, were different and they meant something all the way through. You know, yeah. So, I mean, if you're trying to make the NCAA tournament, sure. Right. There's a lot of pros and cons to that. So, I think I think it's going to be interesting. I'm, I, I think from that perspective, um, it'll be interesting for us as coaches with our program to see uh, how this how this all plays out this spring. So, yeah. So I have been operating under the presumption, you know, that this just had to have been the hardest, most challenging, um, most logistically problematic season in on human record, <laughs> you know, certainly since maybe World War II, you know, and coaches had to worry about that. Am I correct in that? Was Was this the hardest season you've had or – was it just something you got, you got your women in line, they stayed in line and, you know, you just played as you normally would. Am I correct in that assumption or, or not? Um, no, I think, I think you're correct in the, in the fact that this, the challenges that, they, that this year presented were unlike any other year that I've, certainly that I've been in college coaching and there certainly was no playbook for how to deal with it. Um, I think a lot of this year, um, you're really, uh, you know, you're getting your experience as you go. Um, you know, and I, and I'll be honest, you're just trying to, you're trying to just go from one day to the next and keep people safe. That, that was, uh, that was the biggest concern for us. Um, mm-hmm. now I will say, I will say the alternative, it, it beat the alternative. I will say that Val. I think for us to be able to play, um, uh, was, uh, was unique. And, uh, I think even though with the challenges we had, I think it was better, uh, at least from my perspective, from our perspective to have our players together, uh, doing something that they love, um, trying to break up their, uh, their day. Um, getting them out uh, and and you know physically trying to to do the things they've normally done with, with the sport and so I think that I I, I think you know you, you we can't forget about that and I think the, another positive of uh, the pandemic is you you really appreciate uh, not that we didn't before but I think our players really appreciate the sport more. Uh, I think as coaches, we appreciate the sport more. We appreciate being together and having the opportunity to do what we do um, because that was taken away from us last spring. And, um, and it was taken away from the winter sports and it was taken away from the spring sports. And so 
Um, yes, the challenges were were difficult. Um, I don't think anybody at the start of the year would have thought that we would have made it through to the ACC tournament and got through that. Um, and uh, but you know, I think I, I think looking back on it now, I'm I'm really glad we did. And I think the uh, the challenge that we the challenges that we faced. The adversity that we've faced, what we went through, I think was worth uh, the ability to play and be together and, and get a season in. So I, I think that's what I would tell you. Well, sure. I mean, um, you know, play, you know, even losing at this level, I mean, it's, it's better than sitting, you know, sitting in your apartment stuck depressed. Um, but so for instance, I mean, like, so from what I understand, you know, second game of the season, you drove down to Duke on a Thursday. You drove down to Durham on a Thursday and you played them. And then I gather you drove back home Thursday night. And then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was two days later, you drove down to Clemson. (laughs) How would that, how would that schedule have worked before the pandemic? And, And what was it that you actually did, you know, for this season? So our we played our first game um, uh, in the in the middle of September um, at a home, and then the very next week we had our first away trip, and that was to uh, Thursday at Duke and Sunday at Clemson. So in a normal uh, non-COVID year, uh, we would have trained here on Wednesday, uh, traveled down to Duke Wednesday uh, evening, got there. 9 o'clock, slept in the hotel, got up the next morning, did a a walkthrough and had the whole, had the whole day to prepare, play at seven o'clock at night, get something to eat, go back to the hotel, um, rest uh, uh, Friday. And then we would probably made our way down to Clemson from Durham which was, is only about another three and a half, four hours, I would say. Um, and then we would have had the night, Friday night to sleep, Saturday night to sleep, play the game Sunday at three and then drive back um, that night. Now coming back on a Sunday would have been late night, but you've already played your two games, you know, and you've had, the, you have the whole week right. to rest. So I think the, you know, and I think the, the, the challenge for us, um, and the challenge for the administration really is how can we keep everybody safe? How can we follow protocols that we, we know are important uh, to not spreading uh, the, you know, the, the virus? And also how can we um, look at ways to um, operate within our budget, given the potential that we would have a spring season and those kinds of things, you know? And so mm-hmm. this particular year, we, um, we left on the day of the game, so we we had uh, uh, we met around noon, I would say, drove two and a half hours. Uh, it was pouring rain that day, complete monsoon. We got out and had a pregame meal and a park under a kind of like an open-ended <laughs> picnic tables under a roof, uh, but we were basically outside. So we ate our pregame meal there. We brought it with us on the bus. Uh, we got to Duke uh, around 5, 5.30, had the game at 7, um, got something to eat, got back on the bus, 
and drove back to Charlottesville. We probably wow. got back at two thirty, three, three in the morning. Um, stayed overnight, um, recovered on Friday, got up early Saturday morning, uh, drove two buses, uh, regular buses, uh, seven hours, um, stayed overnight, uh, that night, um, got a small, you know, short workout, um, and then drove another hour on Sunday, played the game against Clemson and then drove all the way back. So, um, and that was, you know, that was challenging. I'm not saying that that was the reason we lost the game. I, I'm, I certainly don't want to suggest that. I think Clemson was the better team on the day on Sunday. Uh, but it was, uh, that was uh, an eye opener, I think for, for us and, uh, you know, just trying to, to get the best, uh, performance from your, your team in, in that situation. So that was, that was a challenge. Um, well, sure. But, you know, I mean, think... team... go ahead. Go ahead. No, sorry. No, it's, you know, but it's, it's, you know, you guys are playing all the time. You're, you're playing quality teams. You know, that's the whole point of being in the ACC. And the little things matter, you know, the margin matters. And I remember, you know, at my level, you know, in high school, you know, going to the States and cross country, you know, I had a six hour bus ride, you know, the morning of, and we got there two hours beforehand, but you know, two hours being there two hours early, wasn't enough to erase a six hour bus ride. And, you know, I finished well in the last third, you know, it, it, it's hard, you know, and it, it does travel affects your players all the time, you know? So, I mean, I know that they're young women in the prime of their life and, and they're fit and they're conditioned, but that little margin that, that matters, you know, and, and well, you know, I can't imagine having driven by Durham the second time. Like we were just there an hour, <laughs> you know, two days ago. Yeah. Well, again, you know, I think it's all how you, you look at it. I, I know when we were preparing for the last two World Cups, I think you can look at it and you say, what was the difference in winning those two World Cups? Well, you, you know, we really had control of the things we needed to control, which means where we, how we, uh, how we um, traveled, uh, what we ate, when we slept, those kinds of things were within our control. And we tried to maximize those. And I think that made a difference for us. And I, I think the same can be said of college. The problem is the pandemic now is the, is the leader here. And you have to do what's right to keep people safe and do the best sure. you can with that. And so that, that, that's the difference. And I think, um, I think these are, again, you know, if, if you take the positive out of it, I think it gives our players, it give all, not just our players, but I think uh, all the players in the ACC uh, an idea of an appreciation for uh, what the schools do when the season is going on and the accommodations, what, how they're being treated, the things you know, where the hotels they stay at, how they eat, those kinds of things. Those were compromised this year. And I think there can, you can say it, there's a there's probably uh, a much greater appreciation for those kinds of things in the future. And, and that can be a good thing. Mm-hmm. No, I think so too. So we've obviously talked about the pandemic. So that was interesting. But the other thing that 
all remember. Okay, so there's three things I remember for this season. One was the amount of times you played in the rain. I mean, I'm thinking of your game up in Boston College, I mean, which was not only pouring rain, but really cold. You know, I mean, it was about 40 degrees up there. So, I mean, I'll remember the rain. You know, obviously we got the pandemic. And then, obviously, the third issue was injuries. Have you ever had a year as injury-prone as this? I mean, this was just wild by my way of thinking. Yeah, it was It was an interesting year in that regard. Um, and, you know, you, you want to – you sort of look at it and you say – well, is it, is it a result of, of um, you know, can, can you trace it to anything? And it, it's very, it, it's an odd one because with the exception of like Sydney Zandy's knee injury where there wasn't any contact, um, I think most of our injuries were contact related. And so, and those are hard, those are hard to prevent, you know, that's just a, sometimes that's There's like Laurel, sport, right? it, like, Laurel Ivory's injury. I mean, there's nothing you can do to, to prevent something like that. It's a bang, bang play. And, 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 you know, Laurel gets hurt because of it. Um, so it's difficult, but I think it wasn't, it was not only that, but I think it was the, um, the, the caliber of the players we lost, um, you know, are arguably some of our most impactful players in the past, you know, the Anna Sumters, the Alexis Spanstras, uh, the Taryn Torres. Well, Taryn Torres for the first eight games of the season. I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, my so goodness. Th- those, were, those were difficult for us. Um, and it, 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 it hurt our continuity, certainly. Um, I never thought we played um, the caliber of soccer and the quality of soccer that I felt we were capable of until the the end you know and until towards you know the last couple games i think you could start to see it um but it was it was it was like i said i think from a development standpoint though you look at things and and i'm kind of more a i'm much more of somebody who looks at the glass half full um we there were a lot of players that got minutes that they wouldn't have potentially otherwise gotten in game situations and sure. my hope is, my hope is, our hope is that that's going to come back and um, be beneficial to us um, as early as the spring. So we'll see. Well, that's but, that's, uh, but no, that's always was, the. It, it, Go ahead. Uh, it, it was it, it was a very unusual. Um, it was a very unusual year, in in a lot of ways, and I think the pandemic. You know, Val, like we had, we had. 30 players on our roster this year, 31 players on our roster this year. And that's the most, if you followed our program, that's the most we've ever had. And I thought, whoa, we're going to, you know, this is something that we, uh, you know, how's this going to play out? Well, it turns out, (laughs) turns out we needed every single one of them. I mean, in the Miami game, we had 13 available players out of 31. So, you know, I was looking on the sidelines. I would be scanning the sidelines and like, you know, there's eight girls, there's eight women on this sideline, you know, and it's, it's like, you know, they're just, they're just out. And of course it was, you know, every, every one of them was wearing masks, you know, on the sidelines, you're playing in the rain half the time, which means they're all hooded up. I had no idea who some of your players were on the sidelines. Like I can't recognize anybody, you know, just by their eyes, you know, I mean, 
it was it was so yeah. hard trying to figure out who was there, who was available on the sidelines. Um, well, I think again, you know, one of the I think when you look at the season, um, you know, we we just never had a consistent lineup until I think we put our same starting lineup in the Louisville game as as the North Carolina game at the end. So that was the first time we had some semblance of continuity was in our last game. And sure. Uh, and, and Mark, and Mark Krikorian lined up the same lineup every single time, you know, for Florida yeah. state. I mean, he had 10, the same lineup 10 games in a row and that obviously matters. I mean, that's just part of that, yeah. part of that I mean, margin. I mean, yeah. Well, I think again, you know, I think, like I said, I, I, you know, you look at our Florida state game when we played them, um, it's true. Now we had most of our players back for that particular game, but um, I would say seven of them, seven of our starters hadn't played in two weeks. That was their first kick of the ball in that game in two weeks, you know, yeah. because of, because of contact tracing or because of injury or something like that. So uh, those kinds of things, um, you know, I, I, again, I look at it, I try to take the positive out of it. We, we got some good experience for some younger players. Um, you know, somebody that, like Leah Godfrey, we, you know, you know uh, <laughs> to get the, you know, we, we really, <laughs> we really relied on her. You know, she was our, uh, for a while there, I was just, I was scared because it's like, uh, how hard can you ride this thing? You know, and Leah was, was, uh, you know, she had to play 90 minutes. 110 minutes a, a game. And that, that was, that was difficult. Um, and I right. think, uh, but I think she learned a lot in that experience. And um, I think players like uh, Emma Dawson learned a lot. Um, you know, Alexis Theoret, you know, she might've started several games, but she ended up getting contact traced, sat out for two weeks. So this is, this is some of the things we dealt with. So, Alexis Theoret is one of our first years. Um, she sat out the requisite 14 days after being contact traced. Uh, the day she got back to training, she suffered a concussion and, and was out uh, seven, seven more days. And so those are the, you know, so, so you, you know, these things, you, you got hit in the head inadvertently at practice. And that was it. Another seven days, you know. And so now she, yeah. she hasn't trained in three, three, three weeks. Three weeks, yeah. you know. She's starting from scratch, pretty much. So those are the things you you you, you had to deal with. I had there were a couple times where um, we were getting players pulled out of training because they we found out they had been contact traced. So you know we're Jeez. we're in the middle of a training session and and we're pulling players out of training and having to to quarantine them. So. It was, well, at, uh, at one point, there was there were some new players that you'd had, and I was, you know, I'm always trying to write about, you know, the new the new players as they're coming in, and it was like three weeks in a row. Well, really impressed with Alexis, and then she didn't play again, and then Kira McGuire played really well, I thought at Pitt, and I wrote about her, and then she was gone for two weeks, and then finally it's like I'm not writing about these new young players anymore <laughs> because as soon as I write about them, they're gone, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's just been hard. You can't imagine. You can't imagine what Kira McGuire went through. You know, she she hurt her knee uh, prior to coming to the University of Virginia. 
She sat out all last year because of the knee injury, had to have another surgery, uh, came back, uh, had some adversity this summer, finally got to a place where she could play, had her best game in a Virginia uniform against Pitt, and then gets contact yeah. traced and has to sit out two weeks. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. You know, I, I feel for these players because they're doing all the right things. You know, they're following all the right protocols. They're doing everything we ask. I don't think we could have gotten through our season if our players weren't disciplined enough to follow the protocols. Um, and, uh, you know, so it was, it's, it's just, it was, it was hard for them, but, uh, but like I said, I, I think it's hopefully it'll make us stronger, have us appreciate things a little bit more. Not that we didn't before, but I think just in general, I think the virus does that to you. Um, you know, we were, we were meeting, um, as a team to watch video outdoors, you know, we would set up our projector and our, our, uh, uh, screen under a parking garage so that we could be together where we could really try to get some good, valuable teaching in there. And we did that all year. So a lot of things will come back, I hope, and we'll remember and take away, but, um, you know, I'm just I'm I'm very grateful that we were we were able to play. I think we all are grateful that we have you know we had leadership from our president to our athletic director um, to all the sports medicine staff and the facilities and all those people that that we could do what we were able to do this fall because you can see how difficult it is by just just looking at the winter sports how hard it is you know yeah. At this point, do you anticipate being at full strength in uh, when you start in the spring? Yes, we hope so. Yeah, we've, uh, you know, everybody, obviously we got Taryn back. Uh, Sid will probably be, Sid suffered an injury that takes more time. So um, we, we, uh, she's one of the players that we, we may not have. Um, but for the most part, I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll return everybody and we may get some players back that uh, were injured uh, in the fall as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, you know, that, so I, I'm sitting here thinking that, you know, seeing that you practicing watching video in a, um, in a parking garage, that's my metaphor for athletic athletics in, in the age of the pandemic. I mean, that's pretty funny because, well, uh, I, have to, I have to tell you a story because, you know, one of the things that we did during the year, um, we were trying to figure out the best way to travel, um, you know, bus, we went down to Virginia Tech with a bus and two vans. Um, and we ended up using the Virginia golf van. Now, if, if you haven't seen the Virginia golf van, it's, it's an eight seater and uh, it's very comfortable, uh, very nice seats and everything. And we could, uh, we had a kind of a plan where we could social distance in within that, that van. Um, and obviously we weren't flying to, uh, we weren't flying to any place. So when we went to Boston college, we drove to Boston. Uh, oh my goodness. And we drove the, and we drove the Virginia golf fan and one bus up there. And, uh, Ron, our, our assistant, Ron drove the, the, the van, but my, my, my recollection, what I'll remember about the year is, uh, us taking the Virginia golf van to Boston and Syracuse. And, uh, I remember we played the game against Boston, as you said, in the rain, very cold night. 
Well, I don't know if you knew, uh, Val, but the next morning we got five inches of snow in Boston. And yeah, so yeah. <laughs> we, woke, we woke up, we woke up to to a blizzard, and what I remember is, I remember that uh, we had to get tested that day, so we got tested. We tested ourselves in the hotel, and we had to take the test to the FedEx place. And so my assistants got in the Virginia golf van and uh, trucked 20, 20 minutes to drop this FedEx package off so we could, so we could go on to Syracuse and then learn if, if anybody's positive when we got to Syracuse. Um, but I remember looking out uh, at the snow, uh, you know, we're getting ready to leave. I look, look out at the snow and here on the highway, what do I see? But, the Virginia golf fan coming back through the blizzard, <laughs> making its way back to the hotel, which was, uh, which was kind of funny. So I remember that story for a while. Sure. So what were the, the highlights for you this season? What game did you like the most? And I mean, certainly, you know, it was, it was exciting to see Leah and, you know, Samar, you know, break into the, to the first team. Um, and I enjoyed the heck out of watching Sarah Clark play uh, up until about Florida State, where she had a pretty rough game. But what were your what are your highlights? I mean, other than the COVID and the the golf fan and the blizzard in Boston, what what things do you look back most fondly on? What what game were you most happy with this past well, fall? I, you know, I- well, I, I, in general, what I would tell you, and I mean this in all sincerity, is I, I'm just proud that we, you know, the whole season was a highlight for me because I, I think just to get through the season and to play the games that we did, um, I think was 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 good for us. I think we learned. No matter whether we lost or we won, I think we learned. And uh, I think in particular in this, in this year, I think everything came, kind of hit home even more. Um, I, I think the the toughest part uh, for us as coaches was just trying to, um, you know, constantly working hard to keep our players safe. And uh, the frustrations sure. that we had, the frustrations were, were, were when, um, when we couldn't do that, or we, no matter how hard we tried, we would get you know, we would lose players because they'd be contact traced or they'd be have positive tests or something like that. So I think that was, that was probably the most challenging part of the year, but um, you know, I, I think there were, there were really good moments for us um, even with as many um, different lineups as we had uh, how many revolving doors of, of players that we had come and go um I, I thought um, I, I didn't think we sacrificed the way we wanted to play. Um, you know, I think there was always going to be um, there was always going to be the challenge of our losing three professional players uh, in the back um, and trying to replace sure. those players and get on one, one page as a unit. Um, but I thought uh, I thought we progressed uh, as the season wore on. Um, and I thought we had some of our best soccer at the end. I, I particularly, I was happy with the the Louisville game in the in the uh, quarterfinal. I, I thought we mm-hmm. put on a, 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 we were very very good there. I had not, a really good 
uh, text back from the Louisville coach and she was really gracious and uh, uh, she was, you know, she, she said some really nice things about her team, which, which I, I appreciated a lot. Um, but I thought that game was, was, was a good representation of how we can play. And I thought in certain um, moments in the North Carolina game, I thought we played awfully well. Um, but, uh, um, and I, I think when you look at, you know, we had some really good moments um, throughout the year uh, playing in, in some difficult conditions, as you mentioned, um, you know, we had a lot of things that, you know, we, we had a lot of things that just didn't go our way. Um, the Duke game being one of them, I felt that was uh, um, disappointing that we came out of that with a draw when I felt we, we, we scored enough to win. Um, you know, we had that, <laughs> that, that goal. That, that, <laughs> so that, that was disappointing. And, uh, obviously, the Clemson game was disappointing just in the way that went um, and some of the things that transpired in that game. But, but I, felt, I felt like we, we, for the most part, we imposed our style on, on, in the games that, that we played. Uh, I think even in the Florida State game, as disjointed as we were, um, it was good to see our players com- compete. I don't think we competed, mind you, the first 20 minutes of the game and much of the game, but I, th- I think – uh, we dug deep at times and I think we've got to be more consistent in that regard, you know, but there's a lot of things well, that, you know, you can't, you look at the season and you cannot, you can't discount, you know, we gave up, uh, we got up 17 goals on the season and 12 of them were set plays. Five of those were penalty kicks. Uh, not good enough. You know, uh, our Achilles heel all year, as much as we tried to change things, and we only converted uh, 18% of our chances. And that's mm-hmm. not going to win you a lot of games. Um, no, so it's not. There's some, there's, some clear, uh, um, there's some clear takeaways that we have to take responsibility for, which we are. Um, but, you know, I think that for not having a spring season, um, where you mentioned Sarah Clark, you know, I felt bad for her because, uh, her the lessons that she would would have gained in the spring in those spring games she was getting during the season in the fall right and uh that that was kind of good for her but um you know i think uh, it was hard for her uh you know that we we only had we just we we lost eight weeks of our spring and the most in my opinion the most critical teaching time for us is that eight weeks that we lost, you know, when we come back from spring break and we play our games, that's such a pivotal time for us yeah. and we didn't have it. And so we're trying to, uh, we're trying to learn in these games that, that obviously count and matter. So. Yeah. Was she a, was she a central defender? Where did she play at Purdue? She played both on the outside and as the six. So she played as the, uh, so she had familiarity with it. Yeah, she had familiarity with it. Yeah, okay. and she did. You know, Sarah had some really good moments for us. Really good moments for us, and I think a lot of uh, what she went through was the typical transition that anybody might have. But we're asking her to do it playing against the Florida States, the North Carolinas, the ACC teams of the world. You know, and that's that's that was that was her challenge. But I think again, she's one that I think. Uh, I think she's got a, a great skill set. I think she's got a lot to, uh, that she adds to our team. And 
I'm excited about her moving forward, having had this fall and having the game experience that she got this fall. Yeah, I, I enjoyed her. I mean, it, 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 and I'm blanking on which game it was, but she had both assists. Was that? Um, yeah, she had uh, in the. Uh, I want to say. It wasn't Pitt. It was. Yeah, it was Pitt. I think it was Pitt. It was Pitt. Oh man, yeah, that first cross court to Diana against Pitt was. I mean, that, that was, was great. that was yeah. beautiful. Fantastic. So I, I enjoyed I, I enjoyed watching her. Yeah, did serve a fantastic so, ball with the right foot. Yeah. It was it was really good. So one other question I wanted to ask you real quick. So when did Cam Lexo work develop her flip toss? Did she did she was she doing that in high school and she just finally felt comfortable yeah. or when did she add that? Yeah. She 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 had that in high school. We knew that coming in. Okay. Um and so, you know, she was there was a time where she was injured um, mm-hmm. in the first year. We used it. We used it sporadically, um, and in her first fall. And uh, you know, she was she was another one that obviously got injured in the uh, second Virginia Tech game. And she mm-hmm. she we had to wean her back. And um, she was one we lost for a good chunk of the middle of the season. Um, but I don't think, I think we, we can take advantage of that more. And, and I think that'll be something we'll look to, uh, uh, in the future here. Well, it was just, it was just fun to see, you know, it's, it's different. It's, um, it's one more weapon. Right. And if nothing else, it's just, it's fun for the fans. So I, I have a couple of reader questions. Um, if you don't mind before we, before we end. Um, one, one, one question that, that, that I was asked to ask you was, how did you feel other schools were doing, um, with their contract, their contract tracing and their, and their, their bubbles that they were maintaining in their pods? Did, did you, did you feel that Virginia was too stringent, not stringent enough? Were we inconsistent? Did we keep our kids safer or weaker vis-a-vis just what, what you might have heard from other schools? And if you're going outside of the conference for any of your games, do you worry that your other schools are going to be protecting their women to the degree that you have yours? Um, I think that's an interesting question. I, I, I would say that um, – I think Virginia has done a tremendous job of handling the the virus from a student perspective and also from a student athlete perspective. I think uh, I think Jim Ryan, our president, on down to Carla Williams, the AD, um, and like I said to you before, all the support staff uh, have really done a great job educating, learning, um, and trying to take the necessary steps in order for us to, to have a season, I think it's up to the coaches to, um, you know, there's minimum requirements. Um, and then it's up to the coaches then to say, okay, uh, what do we want to do in addition to that to keep everybody safe? Um, for instance, uh, I know the men's program, 
uh, I don't think George and the men used their locker room at all this uh, fall. So hmm. okay. they, they, they never, they never used that at all. We, we used it, but we used it. Um, we kind of had uh, times in there where we, um, you know, a, certain, a, a third of the team would come in and then they would leave. And then the third, the other third would come in and they would leave it. So we, we had scheduled times where they could be in the locker room. Um, right. And so, you know, there, there were different ways that, um, um, you know, that you could manage the, the, the protocols and the policies. I think, you know, when I look back on it, I, I, I feel like there was a, a real anxiety when we came back in July about, can we do this? Can we be safe? Um, is this, you know, there was, we, we, we were, um, we had to wear gator masks when we trained and that was a little bit of, of a anxiety for our players and coaches because we didn't know how that would be with our sport. Um, and since then, once they got more information, we, we could, as long as we were spread out enough on the soccer field, we could take those off. But, um, so there was anxiety when we first came back about just trying to do this. But that quickly, I think that quickly faded once we got together and once we realized, you know, we're here, uh, we can do this safely. Um, I think the real uh, challenge for us was once all the students came back. And uh, mm-hmm. that, was, that was the real challenge. You know, what happens when our first years go into the dorms? How do we manage that? Um, but Virginia, you know, the university allowed all the student athletes to go into one dorm to try to keep everyone safe as much as they possibly could. And I think that was a really good call. They'd never done that before. And I think that that helped, but still, nevertheless, when you're bringing everybody back, there was a increase, there was an uptick at that point in time. And it was then became, okay, can we do this when all the students come back? um, When you know, there's going to be a rise in COVID and when you know you're traveling. And so um, we, we ended up, we ended up, um, managing that part, um, even though we had some positive tests and even though we had some contact tracing, and a lot of, a lot of quarantining and, and that along with our injuries was a real challenge for us. But overall, if you look at our department, I think you'd have, you'd have to say between, uh, cross country, volleyball, uh, men's and women's soccer, field hockey, football, uh, you know, tremendous, um, tremendous results in terms of keeping t- people safe. And I think, again, sure. it just, it, it can speak to um, the level of leadership and the, the concern and the testing. And a lot of that, you have to give uh, enormous amount of credit to our sports medicine staff. They were fantastic. Um, but I think overall, I would have to say the same thing about the ACC. I, in general, I think the ACC did a really good job of a, a very difficult situation. And, one of the things that you should know that the, your, your, the readers and the fans might want to know, you know, there's, there's, there's pretty strict medical protocols that we have to follow within the ACC. And if we want to play non-conference teams outside of the ACC, then they would have to adhere to those uh, medical standards before they allowed us to play them. Sure. And so that would, that will still go into effect this spring. Um, you know, if they're not following the same testing protocols, um, that we do, then we, we wouldn't be allowed to play them. So, okay. Good. 
So my second question is, um, you know, as athletic departments have been ravaged by, you know, not having the the revenue from uh, football and not as much revenue from basketball, um, presumably there's going to be a crush on, you know, women's sports, women's soccer. Is is the women's college game strong enough to still attract the best uh, high school ball players, or should high school ball players give college a skip and maybe go straight to pros? I think I, I, I'm not worried about that. I think I think the the college game I think has um, you know I think I think if we didn't have COVID and the issues that, that, that obviously follow COVID, right. uh, I, I would feel very positively about our game, uh, the development that's going on, the, 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 the parody um, that's happening more so in women's um, division one soccer. So I feel, I feel very good about that. I do think though, that, um, that we're not far away probably from, um, more younger players maybe making a skip to um, to to the pros. Uh, I just think that's inevitable as as the pro leagues around the world develop, and uh, there's more mm-hmm. um, there's more revenue generated and more followings, and obviously more uh, more money to be made in that in that regard. Um, but I still think college has its place, and it's been such a a great developer. Uh, of of women's uh, talent, um, you know, if, if you look at some of the best players in the world, they they played college soccer in the United States of America, you know, and uh, sure. I think I think the uh, you know I think the crowds that we're getting and the uh, uh, the amount of coaching, the knowledge that's there, um, the rules now that where you can you know where we can work with our players. Hopefully that continues to, to to grow and develop a little bit. But you know, I feel like we're we're operating a year year round program where we can really help develop our players. And um, you know, I feel real positively about the game where it's going. Um, obviously, I think there's uh, many coaches that are concerned about the uh, what's going to happen, and hopefully we can get through this COVID period um, and, and come out the other side and be better because of it. You know, I don't know how much longer we could you know i don't know if we could that we would be interesting to see what would happen if we have to go through another year of this you know that would be challenging uh, yeah beyond belief so hopefully we there's light here we can see that light and we can get back to some semblance of normal here um you know in the spring or just after the spring sure and then my my third question is actually my question (laughs) so when you lined up to play Florida State, were you expecting that Jalen Howell was going to play in that game, or did you expect that she was – I mean, I heard that she was traveling with the women's national team. How surprised were you to see Jalen Howell line up, and when did you find out that she she was playing in that game? I, I wasn't surprised. I would have been more surprised had she not been there. Really? Okay. Just my understanding of the national 
team and the okay. camp and everything. All right. Like so that. You, I mean, you, you to, would know better you than to, I would. To, so, did yeah, you do you any to, game planning to say, "Hey, Jalen's not going to be there"? You know, no. this is a plus for us. I mean, or do you just, "Hey, Jay, Jalen's going to be there, and we just have to be aware of her"? <laughs> no, I have to. I have to tell you, Val. I'll tell you straight out. I was far less concerned about Florida State than I was my own team going into that game. Um, and partly part of that had to do with trying to figure out who was going to play in the game and who we had available. But, uh, okay. but we prepared, we prepared as if, if as if Jalen was going to, was going to be there. And we felt, uh, you know, we felt strongly she would be there. I think that you have to ask yourself, you know, um, the camp, the camp was just getting going. It was a domestic camp. Um, you know, would, would the game, what's going to benefit uh, Jalen Moore going into the national team camp and maybe making a light session uh, or playing in a 90 minute match against uh, a division one opponent. So right. um, I think, I think the national team was great in accommodating her and allowing her to play in that game. Um, but we've been in that situation before where um you know, what's, I think Morgan Bryan, we, we had a couple instances with Morgan and uh, Emily Sonnet and, and uh, trying to figure out what's best for them. If it's best for them that they go into camp, then by far they go into camp. But sometimes sure. it's not as cut and dry as that. And it's, uh, you know, it, it can help, obviously, to, 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 to these games are, are good experiences for all players, you know, so. Well, I, I, I would want her playing against us as well, but, um, I was, I was sad to see her play against us. I mean, I, I, she's (laughs) probably my favorite non-UVA player, um, in in the league. I mean, I just think she's just, I just think she's astounding. I mean, I, she's got a lot of good qualities. I think it was, I thought, I thought in that particular game, it was very interesting. I, I enjoyed, uh, the matchup, uh, between her and Leah a lot of times, you know, uh, sure. So it was it was interesting seeing uh, Leah compete against her, and I think that experience was really good for Leah too. So I was happy, and and all our midfielders for that matter. But I was happy that she she played, and um, you know I I think uh, we we think the world of her, and we always want to play teams when they have their full team. So we're we're we were, you know, we were excited. We got their we got their lineup that we expected in that game, and. Uh, uh, you know, I think I think it was it was uh, it was an exciting game. I don't think I think we um, I think we learned a lot. Hopefully, that's a game that we can look back on this spring and have it benefit us uh, the most this spring. So I think there's a lot of things that we took away from that game that will help us uh, the rest of the year. Well, sure. I mean, you were you were down two nothing and three to one against one of the very best teams in the country and you know it was three to three and you know not not giving up is a hallmark of your teams and probably my favorite uh my favorite characteristic of your teams your women don't give up and you know two years ago it was you know penn state scored you know equalized after you'd run them off the pitch and you know we scored 20 seconds later and then same thing at wake you know wake what up against us and, you know, and Anna Sumter scored, you know, three minutes later and, you know, you came down from two, you came back from two, nothing and three, one down these, 
you know, against Florida State. Yeah. And they're... I, I think, yeah, I think the difference in that game, and we talked about it after, was, you know, anytime you're down three to one and the, the home team, the home team comes back and gets it to three to three with 10 minutes to go, there's no way we mm-hmm. should lose that game. In my opinion, you know, right. we that the momentum should have been all with us. But if you remember, of Florida, it was Florida State that really dominated the last ten minutes. I just don't think we had anything left in the tank, um, and that was, you know, that's we we got to be better there. You know, now obviously we had a lot of players that hadn't played in two weeks, but I think from a competitive standpoint, um, we have to to come back and get it to three to three. We got to win that game you know, especially yeah. being at home. And uh, I, th- I think there's a lot of good messages that came out of that particular game. So, I mean, I, I, I was impressed. I mean, I, I thought it was tough. I didn't think Taryn was ready to, to do battle with their midfield, and it, and it showed. But Taryn was, I guess it, Taryn was unbelievable in that game, having not played for two months. That, 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 that was one of the – I was completely blown away with how well she played in that game and how long she played in that game for having been out, you know, she was out since I think we played that game uh, mid October or so, uh, or yeah, mid October. And she was out since mid August. So that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, eight weeks, eight weeks of not, not touching a ball. Um, yeah. Well, she is probably my favorite player to watch on, on this current iteration. I mean, now that now that JB McClernand has departed, I, I do like watching Taryn. I mean, her she's got a motor. I for you know the, the the few people I have who read me who aren't soccer fans, you know, she's she's Kyle Guy. I mean, that her her motor never stops. She is constantly moving, and you know, I yeah. just want her to be acknowledged that she's every bit as accomplished and. It's it's just as thrilling to watch her play as it is to watch well, Kyle Guy. You know, it never stops. She yeah. never ever stops. I love her. Well, it's interesting. Awesome. One of the things I remember about, you know, when you go through pregame warmups, you know, uh, we we have a set routine for pregame warmups. In that particular game, Karen's first game back, our our just the way we played in the pregame warmup was different, and it was because of Taryn's presence. She plays so sharply, and she's got that, you know, she's got a real calming effect on on our team. And I think it was never more evident how much we missed her um, than, than, than when I watched that warm-up, um, you know. And so that, that was another thing that, stood, that, that stuck with me uh, about that particular game and how much, you know, you realize how much you miss uh, a player like that. You know, and then when you look at the players, you know, you know, my my one of the things I wanted to to really take a look at was, uh, you know, what would our team look like with Sid, Taryn, Anna, and Leah all on the pitch at the same time? And uh, we never we never saw that. You know, we never we never got never. that. No, yeah. so something to be something to look out for, something to be uh, excited about the future. I think. Well, we will. Um... So do we have any – so you said maybe Sydney's going to be out a little bit longer. Is is Taryn coming back next spring? Is she going yeah, to play in Taryn the spring season be, for us? Taryn will be back in the spring. Laurel will be back in the spring. Anna Sumter will be back in the spring. 
uh, Lizzie Siraki will be Lizzie? back in the spring. Yeah. Okay. The only one that's gonna the only one that's gonna file uh, for the draft now, and it's because um, she's you know she's completed her her fifth year with, is Alyssa Gorzak. So Alyssa okay. had already graduated, and so she was planning on on uh, on leaving. So she won't be back this spring, uh, but everybody else okay. will be. Okay. Well, Alyssa's given you um, many, many years of her life, and she's fought hard every time. So uh, we wish uh, her the very, very best. Yeah, we, we do too. I, we didn't do a senior night for her, and I just didn't think it would be right to do a senior night not in front of the fans. So whenever we, we, we end up doing that, we're going we're gonna to bring her back. But uh, she's been a warrior for us, and uh, as you know, as, as – uh, has has been an integral part of our team for the last five years, and and well, she's probably the. Uh, I mean, she's the first player off your bench, right? I mean, I think for the last three. Years. I mean, she could have. I think. I think we could have started her um, more. You know, she's in my mind. She was a starter. I think we had fourteen starters as opposed to eleven. Um, sure. But but uh, Alyssa, I think uh, more than anything, I'm really proud of her development. I think. When she came to Virginia, I think she was really a a one v one artist, you know, very good individually. But I think as she uh, progressed and developed and and honed her skills, I think she become much more than that. You know, she become much better crosser of the ball, uh, combines better, understands the game defensively more, uh, better finisher. So really proud of her development and all the time that she's put in. So we'll miss her. She's she's a She's a good personality as well. Well, <laughs> you would know that. So um, I think that's all I had, Steve. I appreciate your your willingness to come and spend uh, an hour or more talking with us. Do you have any final questions, Seattle, for uh, for Coach Swanson? No, anything I would ask would take forty five minutes to answer. So this this has been uh, interesting, and we'll we'll let the coach get on to the his family. So. Well, I, I always enjoy. I love talking about our team, so I'm I'm happy that uh, uh, I, I've said this to you before. But I appreciate, um, you know, you following the team the way you do. Uh, I think they're worthy of of much more. They're just a great group, and uh, I I think I I really believe in the kind of soccer that we're playing and we're capable of playing. We're not a we're certainly not a uh, a finished product yet, but. Uh, uh, I'll tell you, they're a lot of fun to coach, and uh, I'm glad that you see, uh, you know, you're excited about them the same way that I am. So I enjoy, I enjoy getting on and talking about them. I appreciate you giving me uh, an opportunity to do that. Well, we will, we will give you that opportunity many, many more times. So um, it's, it's, it's fun for me. I mean, I, I think if uh, I know that these women shed the same blood, sweat, and tears that you know Bennett's boys do, and we all marveled you know, when the men mm-hmm. won the national championship, as, as rightly we did. But I know that your women give, give sacrifice just as much. And I want to make sure that they get their due. Um, and you, they too. Do. I mean, it, yeah, I appreciate that. So, all right. Well, we I, will catch I, you later. I we're, I'm, yeah. So we're looking forward to the spring. And uh, we'll be covering it here on Who's Place. So, Absolutely. Uh, Thank you so much. Wahoo everybody.
Thank you, Thank you Coach Happy Swanson. New year, okay? Yes. Yeah, take care. Right. You too. Take care. Take care. Bye, Val. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was Coach Swanson. Lively talk. Yeah.